5-4-3-2-1. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We're going to be talking about retail today, mostly retail. Okay, we'll see how we do. Um, I was, we're not going to have a commercial today. Sorry, you're going to have to just deal with me and the news. <laughs> but I was, um, I was a little shocked by this story. Um, oops, over here. Lululemon, which is apparently a, a retailer with sort of convenience store type places, um, fired two employees who reported a robbery. Um, and the CEO defended their firing, saying that they are trained specifically not to engage in, a, in attempting to not to engage with the thieves, to just let them take whatever they take and let them go. Um, and, you know, there's a long explanation in this article by by Katie Davis Court in the Post Millennial. Uh, a long explanation given by the CEO how it's for their safety. We have a zero tolerance, zero tolerance of any attempt to stop theft. Okay. And, um, you know, I have some <laughs> philosophical training. Immanuel Kant, uh, Immanuel Kant had what he called the categorical imperative. And it basically was, what if everybody does it? You know, so you say, well, I borrowed some books from the library and uh, they won't miss them. You know, they got thousands and thousands of books. I think I'll just keep them uh, without paying for them. And, um, but what if everybody did that? Well, then libraries would cease to exist, right? As we know it. And what if, what if every retailer applies this sort of policy? Very shortly, retail stores will cease to exist because you can't keep restocking a store having it robbed. I have a friend who had a jewelry store. He had it robbed and, you know, recovered, got the insurance money, and then he had it robbed again. And uh, another friend with a jewelry store got shot twice. This is more recently. And um, if if you allow petty theft, then it it snowballs. And that's exactly what the employee said. Um, the, the CEO said it's only merchandise, and that is not the case. That is not the case. Not only is that not the case, but when you allow blatant theft, you know, I was the VP of marketing at an imprinted merchandise company, and we had an unconditional money-back guarantee. If you don't like it, you send it back, and we'll give you a full refund. And that's kind of that was kind of the, the way we did things in the day. And Lands End still has it, and a number of people still have it. But um, my my customer service reps came back and said, you know, that's really that's really not fair. It's not fair to us as customer service employees because there's literally nothing we can say when people make unreasonable return requests. And I said, well, like what? And they said, well, for example, um, a a secretary at a law firm thought it'd be nice to order some lifesavers. And so she ordered lifesavers uh, imprinted with the, with the law firm's name. She thought that she'd put them in a bowl. And she didn't realize she was going to get 500 boxes of lifesavers with like a dozen in a box or something, which is like 6,000 life, lifesavers, <laughs> rolls of lifesavers. You know, it was a case of lifesavers imprinted. And so the, the boss called up and said, you know, we want to return them. I said, is there a problem with them? Uh, the, you know, if they had a problem customer, they would send them back to me. Uh, <laughs> I gave them that, uh, that authority. 
And he said, no, uh, but she didn't realize how many there were. And uh, she put it on the corporate credit card. I might have to let her go because of this. And I said, well, maybe perhaps you should let her go. If she's ordering frivolous items without any approval. Um, but I said, you know, there's really nothing wrong with them. Um, and, you know, we had, we had customers regularly call where someone had ordered something and they'd spelled their own company name wrong and approved it. And so we we basically said the imprint uh, is the customer's responsibility. You know, quantity and imprint is the customer's responsibility or something like that. Why? Well, because when you allow this to happen, when you allow some customers to do that, I had a friend who would buy dress shirts from Land's End and then he'd wear them for, you know, a couple of months, maybe a year, and then he'd send it back and they'd give them new ones. You know, I don't think that's appropriate. I think that's, that is forcing other customers to pay for your negligence. And I would say the same to Lululemon, right? Uh, when we when we when they interviewed Rachel Rogers, 23-year-old Rachel Rogers, who's a store associate, she recorded the robbery and said the Peachtree Corner store had been the target of the same group of thieves for weeks, stating that they would consistently rob the store around an hour before closing, snatching merchandise from store fixtures closest to the door, then fleeing in their getaway car. A spoke person for Lululemon told investigators four men were wearing the same clothes they'd been responsible uh, and had been responsible for robbing another Lululemon store in the Atlanta area the same week. Ferguson, a mother of four, apparently that's somebody else, Ferguson, a mother of four, was seen in the video yelling, I think this is the employee, yelling for the group to leave the store um, as the thieves swiped leggings from the store fixture and accomplice held the door open. The employees followed the group outside, not physically trying to stop them. So, it's, you know, a little bit questionable. They didn't really engage, but then called the police department. Um, and the four were later arrested two days later. Um, you know, if you allow blatant theft, repeated blatant theft with no intervention, if you don't defend property, then all your customers are paying more. You are cheating your customers if you allow this. And obviously... You know, you're cheating the neighborhood because you're not going to keep the store open. You know, near our church, there was a big Cub Foods and they closed. And now there's almost no grocery in that neighborhood. And and I was I was told that they closed because of repeated theft at that store. OK, so think about that. OK, and we're going to talk a little more about that. But first, uh, on Friday, I think it was Friday, Thursday or Friday, I I talked about Japs Olson selling their their building and I said it doesn't sound like they sold their company it turned out that they had to register the sale of the building ahead of time before the announcement but they have in fact sold to uh, Monomoy Monomoy which is a, a venture firm that likes to invest in family-owned businesses and likes to keep them intact and running and helps them and help them grow and become more profitable um, and so I had a long talk with with uh, with Debbie Roth uh, yesterday, about a half an hour talk, which she graciously provided. It, it's so it's nice to get, you know, get the, the back background story, too. And it sounds like everybody's excited, the uh, venture firm and the and Japs Olson and everybody's staying and it's staying in in uh, it's staying in St. Louis Park. Uh, Debbie assured me that they have a, a commitment to St. Louis Park and to the neighborhood, and they've been there 115 years, and they're one of the best in direct mail.
processing, I mean printing and, and processing and data. And um, so I just wanted to follow up. I asked her, you know, if I'd done all right when I speculated on what was going on. And she said, well, you got most of it right. <laughs> you know, you didn't know all of it because apparently they have to file, they had to file something earlier with the community. Uh, and so that word got out before the full press release came out. So, um, but she said substantially, you were you were uh, right on the button. It was a benefit to us and a benefit to the investors. And uh, we're gonna take the next step and it's gonna help us do that. So that's pretty exciting. Okay, so now um, I just wanted to I wanted to get over here. This is Walgreens at New Chicago Walgreens. You can only browse two aisles. The rest of the store is locked away. The South Loop store, which forces customers to order items digitally, is about convenience, not about theft prevention. And so there's this wall, and the rest of the store is behind the wall. And you have tablets. I think these are the tablets, and then they put your order up here on the you know, in the window and call your name. And um, and customers had mixed reaction to this, let's say, okay? And um, there's two aisles that you can shop in. This is probably the two aisles at the front of the store and they have inex relatively inexpensive items. And at the back is the pharmacy. So you can still get access to the pharmacy. And uh, um, Megan Boyd, a spokesperson, said that this was a test. We're testing a new experience. This store test is a one of its kind, the first one of its kind. Um, they didn't say that they had a problem with theft, but as I mentioned last week in a story, uh, many of the biggest retailers have significant increase in theft in their stores and are trying to figure out what to do with it. Um, several regulars said they think the new design isn't attempt to deter theft. There were 19 reported thefts at convenience store or drug stores in the 100 block of East Roosevelt in 2022. Okay, so in one year there was there was more than a, a, a theft a month. Not as bad as the Lululemon. Um, Jacob Gunn, Jacoby Gunn, Jacoby Gunn, a neighborhood peacekeeper, said he thinks it's racial profiling. Why don't you trust your customers? And that's one perspective. Um, and and uh, Sirach Giotum said he found the store confusing to walk through. Well, you don't have much to walk through. Um, uh, but another resident said that the shop was previously dirty, smelly, and not properly organized. So sounds like they thought it was an improvement, okay? And um, that shopper said he saw somebody shoplifting at an earlier date before this thing came out. So I'm pretty amazed at how the store looks more clean now. They're making it smaller so they can control it better. But I never felt unsafe to start with. And that's a good thing to point out, okay? So, so there's some speculation of what the real objective is. But this brought me to a... Um, uh, this brought me to another story that was mentioned in another Walgreens story I thought I'd bring up. Retailers are challenged. No, no, this is from Ray Schultz. <laughs> this is just an aside that retailers are challenged in, in using data. And, uh, you know, our first real big data account was the Hudson Bay Company, a $5 billion retailer in 1995 or 1994. 
And we loaded 250 million transactions in order to analyze the customers, which was a, quite a feat to put it on a PC and uh, made probably made world news on that one. Um, but it is hard to analyze. And we've worked with a number of other uh, retail based e-commerce and catalog companies, some of which integrated. Lovesack was probably the most integrated. And fortunately, they used uh, their customer identity was wrapped into the uh, credit card. So we could see when we mailed, we could also see retail transactions coming through from the customers we mailed, which is a really handy thing to do. And um, it was an encrypted uh, customer account, but it's based on credit card. So if they use the same credit card at multiple, <coughs> excuse me, multiple stores, <coughs> it's hard to breathe and talk then we would know it and we could see the causal impact, the incremental benefit. And uh, we found that that mailing had about a 900% return on investment. Um, but anyway, uh, that aside, so if you need help as a retailer, you may want to give me a call. Uh, the bizarre story of Piggly Wiggly, the first self-service grocery store. So Walgreens is not just reinventing retail. They're actually resurrecting the previous model, which was universal. <clears throat> you probably have seen, you know, <laughs> Pa taking Ma to the general store, you know, and they ride a couple hours on the on the wagon and get to the and get to the grocery store or the general store. And, you know, they need uh, <clears throat> a couple of bolts of cloth and they need uh, some some seed for the garden and they need some pickles or whatever. Now they probably make their own pickles, uh, but you know, they need a shovel and it's all there in the general store. And what they do is they hand their list to the, <clears throat> the guy at the general store and he goes around the <clears throat> store and puts it on the counter and says, this is how much it is. That's the way retail was done until 1916 <clears throat> when the Piggly Wiggly opened in Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. And they, it was, it, the founder was Clarence Saunders. He never quite said why he named it Piggly Wiggly, okay? <clears throat> but it, but at the time, self-service grocery stores, oh, now self-service grocery stores are the norm, but at the time they weren't, okay? And Sanders at the grand opening held a beauty contest, and every woman who came <clears throat> got a 5 or a $10 gold coin, which is a gold piece, which would be a heck of a prize. That'd be like handing out $100 bills at least <clears throat> today. <coughs> there was a brass band. They handed the kids flowers and balloons. <clears throat> it was necessary because they were trying to do something new. <clears throat> Groceries were sold at stores where clerks would assemble your order for you, weigh out the dry goods from large barrels, <clears throat> and even in chain stores, clerks uh, use even the chain stores use clerks. So an army of clerks were necessary to fill orders, and they were expensive. So Sanders' model only had employees stocking the shelves who politely refused to select merchandise for the visitors. So you could say, in a sense, <coughs> it was a step down in service. But now we think, you know, that's our right to walk around the store and pick up whatever we need. And if we want to put it in our pockets, we can, because it's only merchandise, as the CEO of Lululemon said. Um, but one day Memphis will be proud of Piggly Wiggly, and it will be said by all men that Piggly Wiggly shall multiply and replenish Plenish the earth with more and cleaner things to eat. And I agree. My favorite grocery store is Piggly Wiggly, and I <clears throat> drive past two closer ones to get there. 
And uh, they said he named it after a little pig struggling to get under the fence. But once someone asked him and he said, so people would continue to ask that very question. So Walgreens may just be innovating backwards. And I thought you might like that little piece of history for today. That's all we've got. Like and share. Remember, the show notes are available online after the show at WDMA.org. All of the archives, if you if you remember a, a show that you can't find on LinkedIn, you can go on WDMA and you can go to that page. It's in the members only section. So you have to go, um, you have to go subscribe, which is free. Or you can join and support our efforts to defend direct mail. Uh, and But if you do, you can search then by, by the article name, more or less. I shorten them up so that they fit better. Um, or give me a call. But you can also search YouTube. YouTube is much better searchable than LinkedIn. LinkedIn, I can't even find old, uh, old articles. <laughs> also, we have a daily podcast that's on Shopify, Apple, and Google. And uh, that... The links to subscribe to that are on every podcast, which is also available at WDMA.org. So you can check that out and you can listen in your car on the way home from work or whatever if you don't have time to sit in front of your computer and listen to me tell you the news. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.